What is going on everybody and welcome back to Salty Run back here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. We are here with episode number 20, which is crazy. We've been here for a long time here, Hawk. And week two of the NACL has just finished up. The first round of group stage, the qualifiers are all done and we're going to talk all about it. But first, got to ask here my, my beautiful co-host Hawk, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. It's been a bit of a weird day, but I'm overall, I'm doing pretty well. And I, it's just crazy to me that we're now on episode 20. Like, you know, we started this off at the beginning of spring just as a, as a thing to do on the side. And so many people have really enjoyed the content. So we've kept putting it out and it's been a lot of fun to do. So, you know, here's to 20 more, hopefully. Yeah, uh, hopefully more than that as well. Yeah. We'll get to we'll get to 40 or so by the end of the season, I think. My math is correct. Maybe a little bit behind or, or forward or something like that. But a uh, reminder that we do have a lot of new games coming up next week. We are not streaming any of them on our Twitch channel, but you can follow twitch.tv slash rallycryofficial and rallycry2. We have been trying very hard to get the follower count up on those accounts because they are very new, and we need people to know that those are where the qualifiers are happening. Uh... And I think that's about it. Uh, if we want to just get into the headlines, we have an yeah. interview with Chad Jungle coming up later. Hawk got the chance to talk to the Mirage Alliance jungler, which was really cool. Uh, yeah. So don't, uh, you know, don't just click out after the headlines. We got some, we got some good content afterwards as well. Yeah, Chad had some good stuff to say. So uh, make sure you stick around for that. He, he's a, he's a, a good interview candidate, Grapes. But like you said, we got some headlines to get out of the way first. And I mean, honestly. It's been a pretty tame week, you know. Every when every week's a, ba a banger in in North America, like it's it's kind of nice almost to have a week that was like pretty chill, all things considered. I feel like, yeah, we can get into it. There are some fun games that happened in the oh, NACL. Yeah. We can start off with one of the teams that did make a couple of changes going into this week. Wildcard subs out Duo King for Donbrey for the remainder of the summer split, or until Isles gets his visa back, which from what I've heard is a little bit unlikely for the time being. So it looks like Wildcard going to be running with Donbrey for the rest of the split. And he's looked really good. He went the Wildcard went 5 and 1. They are now sitting at tied for second place, I believe, in the NACL standings. Hawk, how much does this one change make for this roster? See, so interesting because I don't really know if like this one change is really like, "Oh my god, Wildcard's all of a sudden so good because they have Donbrey." Like I don't think that's necessarily how I feel about this change. With that being said, though, I'm super happy for Dombre to see this change being made because I think Dombre is extremely talented. And on a roster like Wildcard, uh, getting to learn alongside someone like Saligo, who has so much experience. You know, Dombre, a pretty new player, has only really been playing since, like, 2021. And when, like, Dombre's not played on that many teams either. So the fact that he's getting this chance now on such a high-profile team and seemingly... Like, living up to that mechanical skill level that I think everyone knew that he did have is really great to see. So, I guess to go back to the question, like, yeah, I don't know if this is, like, necessarily the secret sauce for Wildcard, but it's already a great team, and so Dombre has been allowed to shine alongside them. I thought Dombre deserved an opportunity to play with, uh, on an NACL team from 20 the start of this year. So, I'm glad that he finally... Yeah does get the opportunity to do so. I mean, every single time he's been on an LC, uh, on a team, it has been with an LCS affiliate, whether it was TSM Amateur, 100 Thieves Next Race Sub for part of spring, uh, and then Evil Geniuses Prodigies in the summer. And so it's very clear that a lot of organizations value this player very heavily, and it's nice to see him get this opportunity. I always love the way that he has played. And, hey, on this wildcard team, he looks pretty good. I yeah. think um, he's just kind of slots in nicely, and... 
now that Moose Hater and Duo King are both gone, it creates a, a different identity, I think, for this roster a little bit. But you still have Keel, who I think is a very talented jungler, and Lens, who I think is one of the better prospects that we have in this space. And so you pair that up with two new, younger, really talented players as well, with Zamudo and Donbrae, both of which are able to experiment a little bit with their champion pools and, and also maybe give a little bit more flexibility for this team. I think the, the wildcard is going to be a pretty strong team throughout. I don't think this is a fluke. This 5-1, and one, not necessarily um, something that we should just dismiss because I think this team is going to be in the top half for the rest of the split. Yeah, I'm with you. Honestly, once again, I think I really underrated wildcard coming into the split. They have, again, stepped up. I, I basically, I remember my feelings were that... Um, I didn't feel like they had upgraded enough when a lot of other teams had upgraded. Well, maybe Wildcard was just that damn good the whole time. Also, like, Zamudo is kind of the GOAT, and now with Dombre coming as well. Like, clearly the thing I... with Wildcard is they're just picking up some, like, very mechanically talented players. And I the, I don't know, like, what the coaching staff is feeding them over there because they play together well as a team as, as well. So it's great to see. I am sad to see... A lot of tank play for Zamudo. I feel like he's on the Gragas all the time. He did have the Auction game, which yeah, was very cool game. against Maryville. Which was a bit Niles. of a, a banger in all the wrong ways, <laughs> if, if I'm being honest. But they won it. They yeah. won. So. He did. He destroyed lane, griefed a little bit after that, and then he somehow it's won the solo game at the end as well. So. <laughs> Zamudo's just all of our solo queue top laners. Like it's it's fine. Yeah, you know? it, it, yeah that, that was a very entertaining. Game. I'll give Zamudo credit for that. He that that's. That's gonna be fun to watch. I, this is this is gonna be a fun team. I'm very very excited for this. Also, I get to root for them because Duo King's not on the roster. Boom. All right, next topic. Here we go. Banger. Topic number two, uh, which we'll be talking about oh, another oops. team that Wildcard did defeat in um, disguise. They went two and zero against them, and that was part of their uh, five and one weekend. Wow, disguise toast team surprisingly in the middle of the standings. This is some a yeah. roster that we had highly regarded for a large part of the offseason. Of course, a lot of hype surrounding it. Haven't necessarily met that expectation. Are you worried about them, Hawk? It's so weird because, like, no, but there is something odd happening over at DSG because not only are they, like, struggling, they're struggling because they're splitting every series. They're currently, like, 1-4-1 and one in terms of wins, draws, losses. Their losses to Wildcard this past weekend, which I would already say is a team that they should at least be able to split the series with. And um, their only win in a series is over Team Fish Taco, who's considered one of the weaker teams in the league. Obviously, maybe we'll talk about that more later, but it, it, it's just weird to me because DSG, they've played some of the best teams in the league, they played some of the worst teams in the league, and they're splitting games anyway. And it it they're doing it in the sense where like they'll destroy game one. And then they'll get destroyed game two, which feels to me like that means there's something wrong happening with the team dynamic in that they have not come together as five yet. Like, I don't know if they're hands checking people um, or what, but it's just so odd to me that a team could look so good in one game and so bad the other and so consistently do that. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, Graves. I'm trying to figure out the best way to compartmentalize all my thoughts i think what i want to say is that when disguise like when they get everything that they want in the first 10 minutes they're gonna run the floor with the game right right we've seen a lot of instances uh i think tomio actually has looked very good a little bit better than i might have expected going into this year so far um and fake god has looked good when he's on the renekton um this tomio specifically in the early game i think has actually had a lot of strengths but um if they're not able to like get ahead 
Young and Meech haven't been able to generate their own leads themselves as much, which maybe was a bit of a concern that we had going into the split. Uh, and then it seems like they can't really crawl out of deficits yeah. that they get into after the first few minutes of the game. That, that game against AoE uh, that they ended up dropping this weekend, I, I remember specifically, like, nothing happened for the first 20 minutes and, and AoE was up 4,000 gold, which, to be yeah. fair, credit to AoE. I think Will is playing exceptionally. I think he's probably one of the best junglers that we have in the league right now. Um, but I feel like with the caliber of players that these guys have, they, they need to kind of push through that a little it, bit. And I think a large part of that comes through Young and Meech specifically uh, because those are the those are the younger players. Those are the guys that I think need to take one more step to get to that next step. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it just feels like this team, they're struggling to like problem solve hard games, if that makes sense. Where, you know, when the game's easy, oh, guys, we're the best players in the world. Like, roll over on to the next one, right? But when the game's hard, it feels like they're struggling to find the right formula, um, wherever it may be. I'm kind of with you. I especially, I do think the bottom lane, like, it, 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 you know, it's partially a meta thing as well. Like, I do want to see a bit more out of Meech and Zazel in the 2v2. Um, but, yeah, there, there's just something about this team. It doesn't feel like they've clicked yet. Part of the question was, like, are we worried? No, I don't think I'm worried. It's not even halfway through the split. It's still regular season. Like, regular season in the NACL doesn't super matter to begin with. Um, so I think this team will be fine. I still think they'll be very good. It just feels like there is definitely a growing pain happening with it that they need to sort through. Yeah, and besides the wildcard losses, which I think wildcard did play really well, uh, the EG loss that they had, I yeah, think just they were they were winning and then Smoothie just hit like two big hooks and and there was a the, couple of the big ones to me lost, right? are getting O two'd by Wildcard is like uh like Wildcard played really well but like if you're a top team you know don't really want to get too owed by anybody and then splitting against EG and AOE like I think splitting against FlyQuest and Team Liquid at this point is like sure you know like they're they're some of the best teams in the league but yeah it is it those are some of my alarming losses for this team yeah. I, yeah, we can talk about some of the teams that they they have played against a little bit later. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. into our next question, but I agree with you. I'm not super worried about this guy. They'll turn it around. They have. They'll be fine. Probably, <laughs> they they're like a top three roster in terms of just pure talent at least. Like if then that's being very generous to some of the other teams in the league. So I think we could move on to actually talk about this kind of same topic. Uh, in that there's a lot of teams like right in the middle of the pack. Like disguise is like five and five, but there's also. Or six to six, I should say. But there's also like a bunch of other teams kind of around there yeah. as well. Is is there more parity in the league right now? It's so interesting because you know we're talking about disguised splitting games with everybody, but everybody's splitting games. Team Liquid Challengers just narrowly escaped two zero defeat against Team Fish Taco. If you told me that two weeks ago, I would have thought you were fucking insane. But it happened. Like, and it wasn't like oh TLC sucked. Like. No, Team Fish Taco came out, Rose Thorn played like a god, and, like, the series was closed. Like, it was a crazy series. And they should have won 2-0 as well. Like, O-Nation fucking stonks, dude. Like, and and it's not just that as well. It's Maryville coming off a 4-2 weekend. Cincinnati Fear coming off of a 4-2 weekend. Um, Evil Genius Challengers just went 1-5. Like, Wildcard went 5-1. Everybody is just kind of all over the place. For context... Nine of our teams are between four and eight wins. Nobody's below four and nobody's above eight except for Team Liquid, who's 10 and two. That is like 
a lot of parody. I do think, again, I think we're start, we're seeing some of like these growing pains for some of our expected top teams, Disguise being the big one. Um, we've seen a bit with, with Maryville as well. I think they're going to not necessarily be a top team. I think they're going to ramp up. Like, I would expect things to shake out, but generally, I would say there's more parity. And I think that is partially the byproduct of a 10-team league as well, right? Like, there's just more likely to be more similar talent levels. But the last thing I'll say on this, and then I'll toss it over to you, is like, I am pleasantly surprised at how, like, Supernova and Team Fish Taco are playing. I know on our episode two weeks ago, we were basically like, let's see if this roster doesn't come 10th. Well, they seem to be playing a, some respectable League of Legends and, and stepping up. So, so like, credit where credit's due. It's happening for some of the bottom teams. Yeah, I think every roster has their bright spots and has, like, really good moments. And that that's just, that was not the case last year. No. I, I'll have, I'll have nope. you remember. CLG Faith, FlyFam, Team Liquid First, like, 90% of their games were, were, <laughs> yeah, were 0 2 it was so pretty bad. It was... It's nice to see, like, any t any day of the week, Supernova can 1-1 one -one somebody, Supernova can 2-0 somebody, same thing with Taco, same thing with, like, a team like AoE or... Maryville or Fear or what? I mean, I can't like we're starting to get and as I start naming more teams, like these are teams that are actually very good, right? And so it's it's very very interesting. Taco yeah. specifically have very very much impressed me. They they took games off of Fly and Team Liquid this weekend. Uh, they should have two Oda, man. Like I'm telling, they should have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really impressive stuff coming out of the uh, out, out of specifically Rose Thorn. I think. We have yeah. so many good junglers in this league, like Rose Thorn, Keel, Music on Supernova, and like I mean, just like it's there's stacked. there's so many it's, really good junglers it's so here. Stacked. Yeah. Um, and and I think that probably is actually with taking a lot of these guys to the next level. But I do think Team Liquid is definitively the best team, despite the fact that they did you know not look so great against TFT. Um, and then I think like FlyQuest and Disguise are gonna get there still. Like, yeah. like the talent on those rosters, I think is ahead of them. But since they haven't gotten there yet, like these other teams are not just still bottom feeders. Like they're gonna, still, yeah. they're gonna challenge you every single time. I I think that's the thing. I don't think my expectations for the final standings have actually shifted that much. Like I said, still expect Disguise to make a run. I think FlyQuest and TL are the next best teams. Like Wildcard, Cincinnati Fear, Maryville, AOE, those kind of teams. Like somewhere in the soup. And then, like, Supernova TFT probably still at the bottom. But I think there is more parity in the sense of, like, even though my standings placement expectations haven't changed too much, I do think that the ability for Supernova and TFT to challenge the top teams and anyone else is higher. It's not, like, I don't think TL is going to speed run the league after what I saw against TFT. And I think that's the main takeaway here. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, if you ask them coming in, would have said, yeah, Supernova is gonna just like they're just gonna get over. rolled. Team Liquid yeah, was... or just end disguise are just gonna like win all their games, and so I'm glad that's not happening, and because it just makes things more interesting every time you tune in, because you really don't know what's gonna happen, which yeah. is which is pretty cool. We can move on to our next topic as we move over to the NACLQ um, to ask about not a lot of super interesting results that ended up happening. They're <laughs> generally all things considered, of course, it was the first round of the group stage, but only one upset ended up happening, and that was Froggy5, the 9 seed, beating CCG, the 8 seed. Apart from that, any other the, some of the other interesting things that happened were Miracle dropped the game, Mirage Alliance dropped the game against CB, which was a banger, I have to admit. Um, are you surprised that there were not a lot of upsets? Because there were a lot of upsets in the Swiss bracket. It's so funny. You know, I was covering CB LOL all weekend, where out of all my predictions I made for the weekend, I think like three of them came true out of 10 games. <laughs> and and then we come over to qualifier and like it was pretty chalk and 
Actually, I, this might be like a blazing hot take. There was almost like more surprise than I kind of thought they were. Considering how top-heavy we thought this qualifier would be, I wasn't expecting anyone to drop a series. And honestly, Mirage Alliance dropping a game to CB was not expected whatsoever. Like, I... like. Because, I, like you said, Froggy 5 being the only upset, I seeded Froggy 5 higher than CCG. So, I mean, I just think they're better. So, like, um, so stuff like that yeah. I, I don't consider really an upset. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I think there's going to – and I think it's going to be more interesting going forward, right? Like, this is the first weekend where it's, like, one seed against 16, right? Like, that's kind of going to happen. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm actually not really that surprised is the short answer. <laughs> as terrible as that is. I think going into the last couple of weeks ago, we or last week, I think we said, I think I said at least that I thought that there were like seven teams that could make a run, and this, those seven teams all won their series. So, yeah, I, you know, I I think I'm I think I'm kind of in line with you here, Hawk. Where I think that, not I wasn't too surprised. I will say, big shout out to CB Gaming. Uh, the I know seed it is hype. In. They, they were the that. only team that was ranked that was seeded outside of the top 16 by the committee, albeit 17th. Uh, and they beat Mirage Alliance, a team that people were expecting like we're not going to drop a game, not a, a single map throughout the entirety of the split. Uh, they gave Klexo Aurelia in game number one, and that was a mistake. And yeah. Warcyclone played really well in the Lucian as well. Yeah. Um, if you look, if you want to know more about that game and what the hell happened, I've already recorded the interview with Chad, so you should, you know stick around for part two because we do talk about it. So. <laughs> well, actually, I, I'm actually I'm actually really interested to hear that as well because we were casting the game, me and Summer. And there was a bug on the spectator client, and so we hopped in eight minutes into the game, and there were already like six, there were already like six kills in the first eight minutes. Really, and really? Alliance oh. was like down a couple hundred gold. So I don't know how. I'm I'm pretty sure there was like a failed bot dive, and that is what lost in the game. You don't have to spoil it right now, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's there, what happened. There um, was an adjective, a, a noun rather, used to describe a thing, a food, used to describe the game that is the same color as both of our shirts. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to... That's a really mind. mysterious... Uh, <laughs> not banana, but, you know, yeah. it's a dairy product. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, that is very it's much Maybe expected. the dumbest thing I've ever said on this show. Speaking of, Cheese Chasers looking good. I think, I think they were the yeah. team against Aporia where I thought, like, maybe... That upset could have happened. Like if Scoop's not on, is on the money. Uh, but Scoop was on the money, even against Scoop Enthralls. is they, always they on the really money, good. dude. What is this guy gonna go be in challenger? Like Scoop is fucking insane. Uh. <laughs> um, as, as we transition into this next topic, I I do want to say that, um, I guess this is kind of our lead-in. Is that because the seven teams, as you said, like I we, I thought there was like seven really really good teams, and then like eight or nine, like Froggy Five might be up there, might not be. Um. There's going to be some really exciting matchups for this next weekend of games where we have the winners of these upper bracket games not only qualifying to the quarterfinals early, but they also get 10 bonus qualification points. And that is a much that's a big change from the spring split where it actually does really matter that you get these extra points because yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close down the line. Which OQ matchup specifically are you most excited for this weekend, Hawk? I mean, it, it's so hard to say because I can't find the schedule. <laughs> okay, it's Mirage Alliance versus Froggy Five. It's just in the upper bracket. It's Winthrop versus Komodo. 
Team Ambition versus Cheese Chasers, and then Lit versus Miracle. Those are your four. You can also pick a lower bracket one, although I, I, I can Okay, that already, well. actually, the, 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 the one that sticks out to me really quickly, I thank you for rattling that off because I had been looking <laughs> for prepping for this where the matchups were and I was struggling to find it. Um, anyway, sorry, I just I wish the schedule was easier to find. Uh, but <laughs> Winthrop against Komodo, y'all should tune into that one because I was pretty high on Komodo coming in. I almost seeded them above TA, and I didn't. So um, that goes to show, like, I thought Komodo would be really high. And uh, obviously Winthrop is the second seed. Like, I think this is going to be a really good one. I'm pretty certain that Winthrop is my second best team in the tournament, like, pretty solidly. However, uh, not by a lot. Um, and, and Komodo is a team that could challenge. So that would be the one that I have my eye on in particular, Graves. I love this matchup. Not necessarily because I think it's going to be close, because I don't really know. I think it will be close, but it's also the Winthrop Civil War, kind of. True. You yeah, you're right. It's like, it's like Winthrop, boys. Winthrop Boomers against, like, actual Winthrop. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a butt of Boomers. Just messed up. That's that is messed cool. up. You're right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, my butt. But, no, I it's, see it's, where you're coming yeah. from. <laughs> um, nah, Winthrop... The Winter Civil War is gonna be good. I think Aaron got a pentacle last week as well, which is shout out to Aaron, yeah. the boy, on his on on the team with his friends. Um, Doxa also old old Winthrop, so just layers upon layers. Old of Winthrop old Winthrop, University. two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my other it's okay. I already called matchup boomers, so. that I'm excited to watch. Oh, I don't know which one I want to talk. About. I might want to talk about both. Actually, I would, we can talk about all yeah, three of them. Talk, talk about all. Let's, let's go for um, it. Yeah. I want to talk about Cheese Chasers versus Team Ambition because I'm very excited to watch Levitate and Snow face off against Scoop. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah. I, I remember, um, I don't think Native and Tony Top ever actually played against each other, if I'm not mistaken. No, they didn't. They so, never played against because it Because Native always ran into like, Maryville yeah, they, they and They ran TFT. into TFT yeah. and then Maryville, so they, yeah. never, they never ended up facing off. And I know that Scooped... I know that Nada specifically was was mad that they never got the chance to play against Tony Top. That they wanted yeah. to prove that they were better than them. Uh, and right. I think Scooped is probably the best marksman in the tournament. I think it's not super hot of a take. Um, and I think Levitate and Snow have proven the most as a bot lane combined out of anybody by qualifying into the NACL. So I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Team Ambition looked pretty clean throughout their games, I believe, against Teamless Revenge. Uh, all those ChatGPT tweets from Snow2, trash-talking Inori Boob, actually did end up paying off for them. Uh, and yeah, do you have <laughs> anything else about this? I do think that'll be a really interesting matchup, just because I, we, I've talked about this before. I don't think Team Ambition's top side is the strongest. Not by any means weak, but it's not like their strength. I do think Levitate and Snow2 is like my big power point of this team. And so, up against Scooped, I think that makes this a really exciting matchup, because... I would say that Team Ambition's top side should be better, but, like, it might be a lot about the bottom lane, as a lot of series have been. And so, yeah, Levitate and Snow against Scooped is, is going to be really exciting, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, that would have been my definitely, like, second most exciting matchup, at least out of the, the top four. Yeah. Kachu, Kachu versus Algin in the mid lane will be a fun matchup yeah. as well. Young um, young players in, yeah, in, should be, in should mid be there. Uh, the other one, of course, being... Lit Esports versus Miracle. This is the this is another game that I casted. Uh, Lit are doing some. Cr I mean, Miracle are doing some wild shit, man. They are basically letting City Witty p 
pick what champion yeah. and what role he wants to play on R5. He <laughs> so. is just like a straight up a jungle ADC main. Like this guy plays both, so. Yep. He played two games of AD, played Nefelios game, carried, played another game. I don't remember what champion exactly they lost. I think he played lost. a lot of, he was playing a lot of AD in the open qualifier, I know as well. Yeah, okay, no, they played those. played Aphelios, they they won, and City looked really good. They played uh, a Varus game for City, and LJX kind of into it a little bit, and so they <laughs> lost. Um, and then... I think the funniest part of this is LJX playing... Well, wait, but they've been, like, totally role-swapping, haven't they? Yeah, it LJX hasn't just is... been, like, straight-up LJX jungle, if I'm not mistaken, has it? No, it's been, just like... LJX jungle. Because, like, really? Rovex, has always Rovex has always played mid, Daption's only playing support, so... Uh, just... playing maybe I'm crazy, so. maybe I'm crazy. I could have sworn I, I saw a game where, like, LJX see... played top, <laughs> but maybe I'm no, wrong. No, 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 no. Rovex played Renekton mid. That might be what you're thinking. Maybe, about. maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. But anyway. The is... <laughs> speaking of, that last game, uh, after playing ADC for the first seven games of the tournament, City Woody says, fuck it, man. Lock me the Kindred, hour five, <laughs> and just absolutely carries. He has, like, ten stacks in 15 minutes. It was disgusting. Yeah, um, I, did. I like saw the a... all battery tweets on that one. <laughs> It was like a 1,000 gold lead for Miracle at that point, and we were already saying, like, the game's over. City has five stacks. Like, there's no way they ever lose this game. Uh, and that's going to be really fun to watch. City, and, Kindred, or Karthus in a good angle. Like, it's just yeah. dangerous. And and they're going to play against Lit, who I think are very solid. They team fought really well. Sajan Achai struggled a little bit in lane. I think they'd be the first to admit that. But the the late game team fighting out of this squad is what, cause what is going to make them exciting because you have yeah. Dragoon, Messages, and, you know, Sajid on the same team. Uh, that is what makes this team really good. And, and I think the macro play at a Miracle specifically has been some of the best that we've seen out of all the qualifiers. And so I really don't know who's going to win that one. But it's I know. I, I feel like Lit should be better. Like, I feel like I think that their players are individually slightly better, but it is tough when you factor in the fact that, that there's just so much experience on the side of Miracle that it does become a little spicy. And also, like, City Woody and Daption are insane at the game, so... It's a little tough to, to to oh, there's so many good matchups. I guess what yeah. this really says is we just think that Mirage is gonna wipe the floor with uh with uh, with Froggy Five, which I mean they Mirage Alliance a little little up. I don't know. They they did throw the game. They did throw that first game. I will say. I mean, look, they they dropped a game to CB, but I'm not sitting here feeling like they're gonna start like losing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it was more of like a. A, I do think Froggy oopsie. Five. Looked I feel like good. it was more of an oopsie. Froggy Five did look did look good. Nemnite played really well. Um, and I will give them that. Uh, but Mirage Alliance probably gonna win that one. I'm excited actually as well. Before we close things out for the headlines, is uh one one last matchup. The CB Gaming they get they play against CCG, and I think that CCG is one of the weaker like three seeds right now left because uh, they didn't look super good against Froggy Five, and CB looked pretty good against Mirage Alliance, and so. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, CB, CB has, has some fight in them. I, I do, actually, while we have the time, I want to give cre a lot of credit to CB. They've really stepped it up, clearly, in, like, the um this year. You know, they were always sort of one of our, like, low OQ teams, I think, at the end of 2022 in the summer. They've, like, been actually scouting some really good players. Like, I even coming into this split, we were like, ah, they don't have the same magic as the old CB, like, with Kisno and them. Like, they lost all their good guys. And then... <laughs> whoops they might actually be pretty good again so shout out to that org for for like yeah. finding good players and putting together good teams like that's always exciting when when uh when there's orgs that crop up like that that put together good teams of players that we might not necessarily have heard of as much 
uh, and and take games off of a bunch of XLCS players. <laughs> hey, like, if, if anything, they get a moment that they can remember for the rest of their lives, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, awesome. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of good matchups. Like I said, like last week, I was not that surprised <laughs> based on the results. This week, I think it starts to get pretty spicy, especially as we head towards like knockout rounds. Given that we think there's like a top seven, top eight, whatever that we have here, uh, I think it's gonna start to get very interesting who starts filling out at these like top, top spots. Because outside of Mirage Alliance, I do think there should be a lot of parity between two and seven or eight, even if like I like some of the teams better than others. That goes to show that we talked, I mean, we just talked about three of the matchups for pretty in depth. So, yeah. I. Um- it should be fun. You can watch all that Saturday and Sunday on twitch.tv slash rallycry official and rallycry2. Remember to follow us there. We just hit 100 followers on rallycry2. Yeehaw. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for our headlines. We're going to step aside for our part two, and Hawk is going to be talking with Chad Jungle of Mirage Alliance. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two, where I am joined by the legendary jungler of Mirage Alliance, Chad Jungle. Chad. Thank you so incredibly much for joining me today. And for anyone, of course, wondering why Grapes maybe isn't here, unfortunately, he's super busy being an adult, having an internship, doing cool things in New York City. So it's just the two of us. But still, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, have a chat with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're coming off the first weekend of group stage in uh, in the uh, North American Challengers League qualifiers. And... I've got to ask, you know, I think it's a question on everyone's minds. I know last week on the episode I was saying, hey, I don't think Mirage Alliance is going to drop a game. What what happened there? What 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 went wrong? Something happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely a very interesting loss. I'd say uh, after that game, we definitely had uh, some uh, team discussions mid-series that were uh, uh, very, uh, how do you say, you know, we cared a lot. It was a very emotional conversation after that loss, but... um. I don't know. I mean, it was. I think everyone will agree it was a fluke. Uh, we just kind of. I think the enemy team, to be fair, had a good game plan going in. They had a let's uh, sack twenty midwaves and run bot level two, and then let's do it again level three. And then um, I think, funny enough, uh, I think uh, a top team like we are, most teams, you'd think that most teams are like, you know, fuck it, let's just cheese them. But I'd say so far we've we haven't experienced that at all. I think most teams we played against have been playing pretty standard, even in scrims. No crazy champion cheeses. No crazy you know, team comp cheeses, but I'd say going into that series, uh, we definitely got uh, cheesed a bit in the game one, which, uh, you know, it'd be fair to say that we should it expect happens. it. Cause, it happens, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, now we're aware and uh, we won't let that happen again. Yeah, it, you know, maybe a little bit of an ego check. We're good. Like, hey, we got cheese. We can we can move on to the next one. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that maybe it was just a fluke, but hey, it, it, it was kind of entertaining for us to watch, you know. I mean, my 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 bold claim of I don't think you all will drop a game looked a little silly, but outside of that... Uh, no, I, I'd say we, we we in our own, uh, I guess we'll call, call it, our, in our own environment, me and at least me and the, uh, me and Darduck shared the same opinion. We were talking to each other like the day before the, the game, like, oh yeah, like, we're not going to drop a game. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like the first amateur team to just go flawless. And then literally... Game one, uh, we dropped a loss, but uh, I think uh, we'll still continue our um, uh, win streak in uh, series, and uh, that shouldn't stop at all. Hell yeah. Glad to hear it. I uh, had, had to just mess with you a little bit, of course, but definitely looking forward to that. And we'll, we'll get into more about this split 
in a little bit. But obviously, I one of the big reasons why I wanted to talk with you specifically is because you are one of the players here that has played in Challengers slash Academy for quite a while now. And now um, you're you're back in the, the qualifiers environment. And so you've seen both sides of the coin. And with everything that's been happening in the region with with the Challengers upheaval, should shall we say, um, you're someone that, of course, has been directly affected by that. So I just first want to kind of open up the floor and um, maybe let you just tell me about the reaction that you have to everything and any stories that you have or, or whatever, really, I'll, I'll open it up to you and we can get more specific from there. Yeah, I'd say uh, from before the uh, change happened, I was talking to people I know in the scene and uh, everyone um, knew that this change was going to happen, that the teams weren't going to be required to host academy teams, but everyone thought it was going to happen next year. It was, from right. what I heard, everyone's like, oh yeah, it's going to pass, uh, it's going to be next spring, this is like the last summer uh, of a really competitive environment, and uh, and then I, I was still in Korea when I just, I remember opening Twitter and seeing the news drop, I was like, oh wow, it's it's happening. So, so you, you uh, found out via Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I found, oh, I found out via Twitter. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I think um, a lot of people were surprised by the uh, teams dropping. I think a lot of people uh, knew that teams were going to drop soon, but I don't think anyone really saw the summer coming. But uh, I mean, I, I know I, it's weird. I think I'm kind of I have like a rare opinion on the uh, entire uh, situation. A lot of people are complaining and saying it's unfair, and uh, but like for me, like in my head, like I made like a conscious choice to get into this industry two years ago. In my head, like. Uh, um it's very performance based uh work and it's uh it's a sport and it's a business so in my head like um when you decide to do this over like college or like a different job in my head like you are saying that okay now that I'm, in my head if you're saying i want to be a professional player you have to be mentally prepared to be dropped any day for any reason the gm doesn't like how you smell the gm doesn't like the food you eat like in my head it doesn't matter what the reason is performance based uh, uh you know uh, politics like if you say i'm gonna be a professional player you should be expected to get dropped over anything any reason unfair not unfair performance based politics that's just how i see it a lot of people don't share the same opinion uh like oh it's unfair to the players which i know i i, I know at least you know 30 friends who just got fired out of nowhere right yeah but um you know, to me, it's that's how the industry is. Um, so I, I don't really have any grudges against the teams. Uh, they're lose, they're losing money having academy teams. Uh, I think the system itself is just kind of flawed, so the system should be improved on. But I don't really blame the teams. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that does, and I I do think that's an interesting perspective. Something that isn't often talked about is like, I mean, yeah, like it is really terrible uh, that so many people lost their jobs and everything. But like like you said, it is a huge risk to get in the industry. So I do think that is a unique perspective to bring um i i'm am curious you said you so you found out via twitter about the news which i guess is kind of not entirely surprising i feel like it should be but maybe not uh if i can ask this um and you don't have to answer i don't i don't know like what the the your ability to speak on it is but was immortals challengers slated to continue into summer assuming like you said you thought it was going to happen in 2024 um I mean, for my case, it's a bit different. Um, uh, I think uh, I got kind of uh, scapegoated out, which I appreciate. But my case isn't like my friends' cases. Um, I have a lot of friends who were going to play in academy, 
uh, via Riot LCS teams. You know, Mortals, I had friends like Wixie, who was going to stay in summer. He was he played really well. IMT cared a lot about keeping him. Um, and so he got cut because IMT dropped their academy team. For me, it's different. I played bad in spring. I had problems, um, internal problems with the uh, staff. Um, and I just got dropped like a normal player would you get dropped. I got okay. dropped from, for performance based. Re- I got dropped for performance based reasons, which I agree with. And um, and to a lot of people say, oh, Chaz Nine Academy, the system's so bad, which I appreciate, but I didn't get dropped because of uh, the system change. I got dropped because I played badly. Uh, obviously, uh, I could have had opportunities to uh, continue playing on a different org, um, but then that couldn't have happened with the seven teams dropping. So that's an angle, right? Maybe I would have stayed in the ecosystem if not for seven teams coming out of the space, which I agree with because I think I'm still at that level. But uh, for me, it's it's I can't really talk for all the people who got dropped because um, the orgs just fell out. Mm. Um, but you get the idea. Yeah, no, that 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 does make sense, and I, I'm curious as well. You said, uh, you know, that the system is a little broken, which I think a lot of people would agree with. So I would actually be curious if you could change anything from a player's perspective. Um, what would it be? How? What would be something that you think could improve it? Or maybe you don't know, which is also completely valid. But just out of curiosity, <laughs> I'd say like, uh, I mean, I'd maybe I guess it would be it would go down to like the LCS salaries, right? Because uh, seven out of ten, the ten teams that drop their Academy teams are saying because it's too expensive, right? Okay, mm. uh, I'm I forget the exact. I remember someone posted it, but like we could do quick maths. Like the minimum is 60k per player, so that's 300k from salaries, and then we'll say food and housing is like another 300k. So let's say an academy team is 600k to run, right? So academy team is 600k to run, and Sword Art got seven million to do nothing, right? Perks got three million to go to Worlds with C9 and then choke, right? right? So that's 10 million in two players that didn't really go to anything. So 10 million, and then to have, to have two imports come to NA, while uh, it's 600k to have five players in Academy, right? And out of those five players, we had a JoJo, we've had a we've had a Danny, right? Uh, we've had we have Tenacity, we have Buzio, we have all these like good NA talent, um, and they were and for the, to have that is 600k in one team for five players, and uh, we had, we did 10 million to two players that gave the region in total nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I say like something uh, that's not, doesn't really happen much anymore, but in my head when I think of um, some sort of solution. I feel like that's something like that should never have happened, right? So right. some sort of LCS salary cap, um, maybe averaging the numbers better. You know, something. It's a it's a money game at the end of the day, right? So anything that you could do to make the money make more sense um, is where I would say the line has to be drawn. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I've talked to actually a lot of people about this topic, and I've gotten similar answers. LCS inflated player salary is definitely coming back to bite us in the ass. It feels like <laughs> a bit right now. Um, well, moving on sort of to a little bit more of the now and present, you know, a lot of things have changed. Um, the last thing question I have about sort of the format as a whole is how do you feel about like the overall NACL system in general with promotion, relegation? Like, do you feel like this is a, a good direction to go? And um, do you have any thoughts on that? So funny enough, I know a little bit of how the system works, but I'd say going to this split, I have um, a different approach to it. My entire career, I've been a player who uh, does like puts my nose into everything, every uh, rumor that's going on, 
every system that's going on. Um, I'm some on my on IMT for over a year. Mm-hmm. I had uh, coaches or staff that didn't really like doing. Um, I'm not saying it's this year or last split or four splits ago. I'm saying I was there for four splits. So in two out of those four splits, I was in a environment where my coach or staff or people I was around uh, didn't really like doing like um, scouting reports. So they didn't really uh, they didn't really put the time into like draft scenarios. Uh, I'll just put it at that. So for a year of my academy uh, thing as a player, I would be. I made scouting reports. I made draft preps. Wow. I, spent, I, I I did like stuff that analysts get paid for. I was doing. I was, I literally had a uh, powerpoints of like drafting of this where they put their awards level one and thirty minutes before the match, I would call the players into a room and be like, "Hey guys, let's look at the scouting report I made." Right. So that was me as a player. I would like go above and beyond and look at the system, look at the stats, look at the you know. All, that was like the guy who did all. Like I looked. I did as much as I could out of the game as I could in game, right? Yeah. Now, now, nowadays, I'm like uh, going into this, but I was like, I really want to um, focus on my individual performance. So now, every time someone asks me, "Hey, do you know what the system is? Hey, what do you think about uh, the, you know, the um, this team's roster? Hey, what do you think about tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's uh, schedule?" Right? I just say, "Oh, I'm just a player. I play. I don't look at the schedule. I don't look at the brackets. I'm just, I'm, I literally just say, I'm just a player. I play. I, I'm, I'm." I'm doing my best, uh, you know, impression of just that. Uh, I, yeah. I went from I'm going from doing the scouting reports to not even knowing who we play tomorrow. You know, I'm just a player. I play, and I'm going to focus on my own gameplay. And uh, so that's that's my roundabout answer to you asking me what I think about the system is I don't. I'm just a player. I play. Hey, that is completely valid. Like honestly, first of all, I'm amazed that you were doing all that. Like I feel like that maybe speaks to your leadership and everything like that. So props, I guess, but. I think it's completely valid to say, hey, I'm just a player, and that is what you're paid to do, right? So I honestly respect. So um, we can move on from that then and talk about the players and yourself. Um, I I am curious, you know, uh, as I said, you know, you're someone that's been around for a little bit. You have been in the Academy Challenger system for a while. And I am curious, what motivates you still to keep playing? Do you still want to go pro? I know some people have talked about how that's not really something – that they're looking for anymore if unless the opportunity were to arise they're motivated differently i don't know if that's the case for you and um if you want to speak on that at all yeah i'd say it's uh, i like i like saying stories towards answers maybe that's just how i like to do interviews but uh for it we love uh, uh i had a like a middle school friend of mine i haven't seen in like 10 years and i got i went to like the i went to get drinks with him like two weeks ago and uh we sat down i haven't seen him in like couple years uh we you know just got a beer and we just sat there and, and we were asking i asked him how it worked for him he's asking me how it's worked for me and all this and he and he, he he's like in the know he's not like a challenger player or anything but he's he knows how the scene works he hears about the news right so he heard about the academy team is dropping and he asked me if you go back in time would you like still pursue pro or wouldn't because um because in all respect i've had like a in my head in my opinion uh a good career in esports is yeah. playing LCS for a year. If you don't play LCS for a year, in my head, you're it's a failure of a of a of a how do you say it? career? That's just how I view it. Uh, some people okay. see yeah. playing one split in academy is already a success. I see it as if you're not starting on an LCS team for at least a year, um, it's a failure of a career, right? So my head, oh, I played two years professionally, and, I, and so in my own head, I had a failure of a career. So he asked, so he asked me, oh, so in your head, you've had a failure of a career. Would you, if you could go back in time, would you still become a pro? Uh, and I, I said my answer almost. I never thought about this answer before, but I, I said it instantly. I said, um, if I go back in time and told young uh, young Max, uh, uh, 
exactly what would happen two years, never go LCS, never had any big strides, etc. Would I still do it? And uh, my the answer I said to myself was, it has to be done. It it had to be it had to be done, and it's and and uh, it like ha- I could be like thirty or forty, doesn't matter what happened. I had to. It doesn't matter how long I delayed myself in college or how long I delayed my life or it's something that ha- it had to be done. There's no like I can't really go into it. It just it had to be done. Yeah. So um, well, your your original question was um. Oh my god, I'm blanking. Are you are so are you still motivated to? to oh yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say. Until I'm not able to do it anymore, until I think I'm not good enough, or uh, until I'm just not able to do it, I'd say I'm, I'll still chase that um, just playing on L- LCS, right? I played um, a single game on LCS because of a uh, unfortunate um, inside org political uh, war going on. I, I put it, I'll put it like that. But I played a single game of LCS not because of my own performance, but because of uh, I just I I got slotted in for a certain reason. And uh, so I, I got to play on the stage once, and I feel like I have to like play on the stage in a more uh, solidified manner uh, before uh, putting my cape up. Yeah, totally. That I respect the hell out of that competitive drive. Truly, that is incredible. Um, and so now on Mirage Alliance, I mean, pretty much everybody thought this is the most stacked team heading into the open qualifier. Everybody seated you guys are unanimously number one, at least on the committee, right? So how did this team sort of come together, and how how did you find yourself here? Again, I love I love my story. So uh, once I got kicked from IMT, um, I literally I said it before a week before the uh, split ended. So when I, we were still playing improving grounds, and I was still IMT. I uh, I my my Torn- my GM Torrington. I asked him, Hey, can I talk to you in a room? I knew I was playing bad the entire split. I knew that if I played like really good in PG, it went, we went all the way, I would probably keep my spot because that's it's a performance-based job. So if you perform, that you'll probably keep your job. But I knew that I played bad. I played badly during the split. So I was like, I was like, hey, Tony, can I talk to you? Uh, he's my, the general manager. I got him in the room. I said, hey, win or lose, if we make it to top two or if we make it to top sixteen, right? If we're last or first, doesn't matter what we are. Uh, if I I'm like if I get kicked or don't get kicked, um, I want to know that you can help me get a ride account in Korea. I was like, because I was like, if if you kick me, then I need to get a high rank in Korea so I can look good to the other teams. And if you don't kick me, then I'll still go to Korea so I can improve and be a better player for you in summer, right? And he said, of course, Ma- uh, of course, Max. Like, uh, we don't know if we're gonna kick you or not yet. We have no idea. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's no, we're still not done with the split. Uh, but I'll make sure. If you're here with us or not with us, I'll make sure you get the right account, right? So in my head, I went then I went to Korea for two months, and uh, unfortunately, I actually didn't get a challenger. I considered it like a failure of a trip. I think uh, I was definitely good enough to do it, but uh, I tilted a lot too much, and that server is just it would do crazy things to your mental. <laughs> we, the point we've is, been I'm, there. We've we've been yes. there with the tilt. I feel like yeah. So <laughs> I've been there for two months, and I made an LFT post when I was there, and in two months of being in Korea and grinding, I didn't get a single DM from any of the teams not even am- not amateur teams not academy teams nothing right and i was like oh my god i guess i can't go pro anymore i guess i'm actually too bad i'm washed it's so terrible right and then i'm actually in my layover i leave korea um also at the time i'm homeless because i lived at the imt apartments before i went to korea and then i got kicked um so uh and then i'm in korea and my the house i was living in was imt apartments which i'm no longer a part of so now i'm flying back to la uh, which with like I don't have a house to live in, so I'm, yeah. I'm homeless and jobless, 
on a plane to, uh, from Korea back to LA. And I have my uh, layover in Honolulu. And I'm getting my luggage in the Honolulu air, uh, airport. And I check my phone. And I see I have like 10% battery. I check my phone. I get a Discord DM uh, basically saying um, from the owner of my org, uh, Norm, uh, hey, hey, we're interested in talking to you. Um, Dardock thinks that you're the best fit for the team. Dardock wants to roll swap to support so you can play jungle. Uh, we play. We we we're paying org right all this stuff. Wow. And I'm, and Wait, I'm like so, two months. Sorry, if I can interject. So Dardock wanted to bring you in and was willing to roll swap to bring you in. That's actually really interesting to me. So that's, yeah, that's super cool. Wow. Yeah. So so yeah. So I'm I'm two months grinding Korea. Don't get a single DM. I think oh my god, my life's over. Everything's fucked. You know. I'm in my layover layover in Honolulu. And I open my phone and I'm like. And I, and I see that, and I'm like, oh wow. Well, I guess I'm back, right? I'm back. Just like, hell yeah, uh, yeah. Like, um, but uh, yeah. So I say, um, and then like I'm in LA, and for two weeks, I'm. It's funny. I go for two months in Korea, no one messaging me. Thailand and LA, and I had, like, I'm not. I don't have a certain number, but it was. Uh, so ev- uh, everyone just like I, showered I, I, you I, with I, DMs I, like I, that I, day. I, yeah, I got a handful of. I mean, like a two day span. I got like five or six team DMs. Wow. Uh, uh, two of them were NACL teams, and the other four were just OQ teams. Um, and I had like a, I did like a week of looking at all the options and all the ro- potential rosters on all the like the six teams and uh, the pay differences and all this. And uh, at the very end, I had the six teams. I crossed off four off the list, and I had two teams left. It was, um, it was actually, I had, actually no, I crossed off three th- three teams on the list. I, I was considering between three teams: two of the OQ teams and one of the NACL teams. And, uh, and at the end, I, at the end, I chose the OQ team, which, uh, you know, I guess maybe it's a controversial choice to play when you choose to play in tier three, instead of choosing to play in tier two, since I had that tier two offer. But, um, in my head, I'd rather get first in OQ, than get, get a potential sixth or seventh or eighth in NACL. So, um, I, so that's what the, uh, that's how the, the, you know, the team was formed. I'd say the reason why I chose the OQ team was... I looked at the rosters and I was like, I think this OQ roster is literally better than the NACL roster. Fair so enough. That is yeah. a, so that you know, so uh, so I looked at it like that. And like as a player, like I said, like I'm a player this week, this split. I just want to play. So as a player, it's not about the money. It's not about the time. It's like as a player, you just want to play with the best roster. You want to play with the best players. And I'm like, okay, well, this if I think this OQ team is better than the NACL roster, then I feel like it's a no-brainer. So I just went with the uh, Mirage. Uh, I think all my teammates are really good. I think they're all like academy level, and uh, that's how the kind of the team was formed. I also thought of like a, it was almost like um, it's like a, I don't, I mean, it's not the word symbolic, but I was like, if you have a player who played LCS for, for what five years, an LCS level jungler who tells you they'll roll swap to support, so you can play jungle. I feel like if that doesn't like say how. It doesn't, that doesn't explain the situation a little bit. Then I don't know what will. You know. Yeah. It's kind of like the biggest compliment you could get. I'd say. I know. Well, that that's actually that's why I wanted to like <laughs> take a moment for that because that is super freaking cool. Because of course, I mean, out in Los Angeles, I you know we got to watch Dardock win Lol as well. Like the guy has still got it in jungle, so that is really cool that he was willing to roll swap um, to bring you on. And I mean, it's looked pretty damn good so far to to my eye test at the very least for both of you. Um, and so I mean, there's I. First of all, I really appreciate it. You say, you know, you have another story. Like, your stories are great, and I think that's a great way to answer all the questions. So I actually appreciate that a lot. And there's a lot I want to kind of dive into a little bit here. So the first one being, you know, you said that Mirage Alliance 
like, I mean, as we said, it looks pretty fucking stacked. Like, you guys look like a great roster. Um, how confident are you to be able to promote into the NACL next split, both in terms of the competition and the open qualifier, as well as, I don't know if you've been watching the NACL or if you've just been, hey, the, the player that's just playing, um, but two weeks in, like, how are you feeling about your prospects promo uh, of promotion? So, uh, as a player, something I did as a player in Academy for two years, I, t I, I would like to say I'm the only player who's ever done this. Uh, I have no idea. You know, if another player wants to tell me that they've done it before, then I'll take it. But in two years of uh, playing Academy, I watched every single Academy game, no matter what. It's like Cubby does his, Cubby goes on Twitter and, and does his streams yeah. it. So he has like, he's like proof of it, right? I don't have any proof. But I, I watched every single Academy I, game. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, my schedule was I would go home and I would, uh, I would just play on 4x speed. I'd just watch every single game. Um, and I would, that was just how I spent my time. Uh, I've gotten a lot of flack as a player for not grinding more, more of the game. Because uh, every hour I'm watching a lot, I'm not playing the game, right? Uh, I think there's pros and cons to both. Uh, I've had a lot of success in Academy uh, invading pr uh, certain teams because I know they don't have level 1 wards, for example, right? Uh, and I only got that. I've got those wins from watching VODs, right? Which you can't really get from spamming. But uh, I think I'm getting off topic here. But point is... Um, <laughs> Oh my god, I almost forgot the original question. How how are you feeling about uh, potentially oh, promoting? Oh, oh yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah, so as a, yeah, so uh, so as I said, now I'm saying, oh I'm a, I'm a player. I just play. What's well, something about my roots of watching every game just haven't gone away? So I've still been watching the last two weeks yeah. of the academy. I mean, so, and I do feel like there's you know it, it, even in traditional sports as well, like players watch film e even though yeah. they're just the players. So I think that's still like. A lot of yeah. merit to that for you. Yeah, so even though I say I'm just a player, I, I just play. I've still been watching, uh, I'd say, a big majority of the Academy games last two weeks. I've watched, let's say, no, no, let's say there's been 20 games I've watched, maybe 18 or 17, right? There's like two games I haven't watched, I was busy. But yeah. I'd say I watched yeah. most of the games. I don't think the gap's too big. Um, funny enough, when I was making my uh, like, when I was making my list of like teams to cross off, the six teams I was, I was talking to, and I was Doing the, I was doing, I had a pros and cons list of joining the NACL team and joining the OQ team, right? And one of the cons of the OQ team was, oh, like, even though the roster's better because we're an OQ team, we won't get academy scrims. So I'll be like, it'll be like super boring. We'll just be scrimming the same OQ teams every game. And it'll be like, we'll just, I knew the games, because I knew that our roster would be way better. I was like, scrims are going to be so boring. We won't learn anything. We'll just be stomping. That was one of the cons for joining the OQ team. But funny enough, um, since we've been a team for two weeks now, we've actually, we've actually, uh, we have more academy scrims than OQ scrims. Really? I, yeah. We we let's say we've scrimmed ten times. We've scrimmed academy seven. We've scrimmed OQ three times. Wow. That's that's been that's like the ratio. So one of my cons to joining the team was, oh, we won't be able to scrim academy. We'll be scrimming. We'll be stuck scrimming OQ teams. That's gonna suck. Uh, and then that wasn't even the case. We're scrimming more NACL teams than OQ teams. So, so because of that, um, I could say, like, fair confidence that. I think we'll do fine re regulating them because to regulate them, you have to beat them. And we beat them in scrims more often than not. Um, I won't say any teams, obviously. But, uh, some teams have our number. I'd say other teams, we have their number. It's you know, it's it's pretty even. But yeah. the fact that we can scrim academy teams and uh, we're not getting stomped and we're a pretty new team, I'd say says a lot, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, I take it as well based on why this was a con. Like, last split, it would have been exceedingly rare. If not, it would have never happened that challengers teams were skew, uh, scrimming oq teams like did immortal challengers probably never scrimmed maryville or did you i don't know um uh, we, uh it's every time you have like a ba uh, bad week of scrims you sc there's always the occasional i remember i think we scrimmed mu once or twice okay but I, i'd say a better example is a year ago when uh 
amateur was I say a bit stronger, and like there was a team like Hundred X with with uh, Insanity on it, uh, right? It was yeah. Insanity, Fanatic, <laughs> Sniper. Yep. Hundred uh, X got plenty of academy scrims. You know, okay. it, it, it's always been if you're a really good, uh, it's always been if you're a really good tier three team, you'll you'll get scrims at tier two. Same with other way. If you're a really good tier two team, you'll get scrims at tier one. I remember um, back when IMT, we were IMT, we were third or fourth. Um, we were scrimming. Uh, we scrimmed some LCS teams. Uh, um, I same with uh, I know TL Academy when they were back to back PG champs. I know that they had a couple of LCS scrims. I remember they were scrimming INT LCS sometimes. They would scrim their own LCS teams, right? So it's always been if you're the best tier two team, you'll scrim some of the tier one teams. If you're the best two, three tier team, you'll scrim some of the tier two teams. That's always yeah. been the case. Um, I I just thought it was more rare than it wasn't, but I guess for us it's more normal. Yeah, no, that 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 makes perfect sense. Um, so and then as far as still talking about the competition, the split, I'm glad to hear that you've still got the confidence and that things are going well for all of you. Are there any teams that you're specifically looking at, like whether or not you think they're good or you're just excited to play against someone on the team or any junglers like that? You just, you want to have that, like that grudge match with take them down. I don't know who anyone you're excited to play. I wouldn't say I have any grudge matches, but um, I'd say the, the only jungler so far that I'm, uh, I like playing against is Limo. I've always liked playing against uh, former students uh, in academy. I would get asked who do I want to play against. I would say Perry because I coached Perry for over a year. Oh, right? that's awesome. Yeah. With, with, with Limo, I haven't coached him nearly as much as I coached Perry in the past, but I, I say I do help out Limo every so often. Uh, so always always playing against someone you coach is really fun because there's like a mental game to it because um, you know what they're going to do and they know what you want to do because you tell them how you play the game. So. Right. I'd say there's like a mini mental block against playing your students, which is always really fun because you could kind of like you could do things that you right. can't normally get, but you could get away you could get away with it against your students because like, like they, you they, you, they, you each other know what you want to do, but then you know yeah. that they know that you yeah you know. <laughs> it's, it, it, it it goes like that. It's like then you do like really simple things because they'll think that you'll never do simple stuff because oh that's my teacher he'll he does really complex shit right. right? <laughs> and then I'm just like doing, I'm just doing really simple stuff. So it's there's a mind game to it. It's really fun. So I'd say Limo is probably one of the better junglers in. Uh, Amateur. I forget if Fnatic's on a team. I kind of wanted to play against Fnatic because uh, last time I played against them was when I was 100x. We were both mm -hmm. an amateur. Uh, I, I think he's I think, on a team. I think Fan's a sub right now on a team. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's for champs queue purposes or what, but not currently starting. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll see. But I'd say Limo is the jungler. Uh, I have my eye on the most right now. Nice. That's that's fun. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping you get that shot. I mean, what? TA? Pretty strong so far, so... Definitely. Yeah, we played we played against them in the OQ thing right. uh, last week. Yeah, uh, I actually casted I, that game. That was pretty brutal. For <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, me and me and Limo def, uh, water reviewed uh, the day after. Mm. I'd say uh, a, a bit unfortunate with I think their top laners uh, going to land or something, so they might have a new top laner. So I think the team oh, really? might get. I'm not sure. It's not like a, a league or anything. I, I think Bajani posted on Twitter like uh, an airplane. And a flag, right? So usually it sounds like he's flying out somewhere. But I'm mostly, I think Limo's one of the better junglers in amateur. Um, so always fun to play against other junglers. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. Uh, I, I know I already asked about uh, promotion relegation, but I'm going to ask you to call somebody out. Who are you demoting? Like, is there one team that you're like, hey, like we, we got their, they're going down? Or, or, you know, you don't have to, but. It's weird. I'd say like the. I gotta double check the standings. I'm not okay. I'm not calling these the two bottom teams in academy. That's not what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, uh, public perception is that they are. So I say, but the thing is, I have friends on both teams. Right. 
the public perception says that I think I'm going to double check the standings. So I'm not wrong, but I'm pretty sure public uh, public perception is that the two weakest teams are AOE and Supernova. And I, and I, and, I, and I, as I'm checking, and, and Team Ashtaka. So yeah, those three right. teams are tied for last but, right hey, now. But hey, TFT split 1-1 with uh, yeah, Team no, Liquid, I, and they should have 2-0'd them. So. Yeah, no, Roaster went crazy. Roaster yeah. went crazy. But anyway, yeah. so those three teams are considered the bottom three teams. I have friends on... I'm friends with all three junglers on those three teams, so I'm not going to say anything uh, too chat, chat jungle-esque. Uh, <laughs> but out of those three things, teams, I think... Uh, I think all three teams are beatable. I'd say out of those three teams, I think the best team is AoE. Okay. Um, but I'd say um, besides that, so then it would be Supernova and TFT. Uh, I, I'm you know I'm friends with Music. I'm friends with uh, Rose Thorn. Uh, I'd say just for uh, history's sake, I'll say out of all, all, out of those three teams, the one I want to regulate the most is TFT, just because um, uh, Rose Thorn kicked me out of Academy uh, the last split. We played against each other. Uh, IMT's losing uh, series was against uh, GGS, and uh, they uh, narrowly beat us, uh, barely. <laughs> so I'd say uh, regulating Rose Thorn, uh, sorry, Tim, good friend of mine, would be, uh, <laughs> it would make the history books, it would, it would make sense. It, it, it would make things right, I, I suppose, in the, in the yeah. timeline. Uh, I love that. That's so great. Well, Chad, I've just got a couple more questions for you. Um, pretty small ones. I know we've talked a lot about your your growth already and, and how your mindset has has changed, but also in many ways um, stayed the same. And you you have that drive and everything. I would just you know ask you you at this point would be considered a veteran. Um, how do you feel you've grown since first coming to the scene as a player? Like if a GM talked to you all the way back in what like 2020, how would you say that 2023 Chad is is different um, to that player back then? Um, it's funny because, um, it's so weird how, like, narr uh, narrations work and all this. Because I remember, um, being in scouting grounds, um, so before I was, like, a pro player, right? And, uh, and the, the coach is asking me, what do you want to, like, get better on this year? What do you want to prove on? What do you want to, like, make your strength, right? And I remember telling them, uh, because I, I just got off of, right? I was going into scouting grounds winning PG and I was playing tanks, right? I was playing Trundle and Nocturne. Uh, just facilitators, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember going to Skyrim and saying, "I want to be like, uh, I want. I know my fingers can carry, but I want to like learn how to carry the game like through comms and through conditions and through, you know, I want to play the carry role, but in a, um, in a sense where uh, anyone can like have fast fingers, but having fast fingers and saying, oh, I need a support row with me and invade this Raptors with me, right? Uh, making map plays around your lead and snowballing that lead into a win, right? So I was like, I was telling the coaches and all this, that's that's what I wanted to do. And in two years of playing uh, Academy, I'd say that's kind of what I can do now. Um, I'm playing in these OQ games and I know the, the level is a little bit lower, but um, common conditions and saying what you want, how you want to play the map and then playing the map accordingly like you could be playing an LCS, you could be playing an amateur. The ability to do that is still the same, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd say in two years, I went from telling coaches I want to learn how to uh, carry a game um, uh, with uh, calming it to being able to do it. So I'd say it's weird, but I got older. So when you get older, people say you can't carry, your mechanics are worse. But in my head, like, um, my weak my strengths... Yeah. Years ago are still my strengths. Uh, you know, I can play facilitators. I can play. I can play with the team, right? Uh, I I decent pathing. Uh, and my weakness was I couldn't carry a game through. Um, just uh, couldn't carry a game. And now now I'm like, oh, 
my strength is still my strength, and my weakness, which I couldn't carry a game, is now my strength. I, I'm picking Kindred and Kha'Zix and Graves every game, and it's not that I'm winning these games because I'm just, like, finger-checking them in River. Right. I'm winning these games because I'm communicating my conditions better. I'm playing around my goal better. I'm, you know, playing the map better. Uh, so I think doing that on carries uh, is just in my, you know, what I've improved on the most. So I'd say if I had to tell a GM right now, as you said, um, what's the biggest difference as a player right now? I'd say uh, being able to play every role. Uh, I think it's really rare in Academy that you have a player who can play jungle, uh, facilitators and carries. You have like the in like the history of like three years of Academy junglers. I'd say like the goats of Academy jungle were like, mm, in the last three years, we'll say it's Armau and uh Ken V, I'd say that's a fair assessment, right? Yeah. Ken V, yeah, he'll, he'll carry on carries, um, and he's the carry. He'll be, he'll be a, he'll, he's a monster on carries, right? You get him with Kindred Graves, he'll carry, and with Armau, it's like, yeah, this guy's playing Volibear or Trundle, and he'll carry the game with objective control and uh, playing with the team. But there's never really been a jungler who does both. On you know, game one they're playing Graves, and game two they're playing Volibear. Uh, that's never been the thing. Uh, so I think for me, that's like, in my head, that's my biggest strength. Is you'll see yeah. me playing game one. Kha'Zix and dropping 18 kills uh, like I did like a week ago, and then I'll be playing Poppy or Maokai Jungle in the next game, and it was actually the series that, I forget if you were casting it, but I know Smax was, cast Smax was casting it because I watched the VOD, but yeah, game two, I played Poppy, full tank, jungle um, Deadman's first, and I ran around the map getting like, I Poppy ulted uh, the jungler out of the pit and stole the, the objective, I did flashies on the wall, right, just playing tank, just a tank jungle, and then game three, I picked Kha'Zix and dropped 18 kills, right? I think it's really rare for junglers to have, uh, mm. they could switch between carry and tank like that, and I think that uh, that's probably my biggest strength as a player. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that so much. Well, I, I've just got one more question for you. This one's a bit of a, a softball. Um, I, I suppose, but you know, I, I'm always so curious, like you, you sort of talked about your friends with a lot of players in the scene and all that, like from what I know about teams that have player like, like Dardock on them, for example, very vocal player. We heard in CLOL every UST game, there was all chat banter. Like, is there all chat banter with the Mirage Alliance games, like mental warfare going on, anything like that? Or no, nah, I'd say, uh, I'd say the only time you talk in all chat is if there's a rivalry or if there's beef or if you're playing against a team that you're, you're better, uh, that's um, better than you and you want to get in their heads. Mm -hmm. But for us, we don't, we don't have any of those three things. Uh, that's we don't fair. Do that. We don't do the third one because we don't think any team's better, so we're not going to shit talk worst players. I think shit talking worst players is kind of BM, right? Yeah. Uh, that's A. B, there's no rivalries because we're the best team. And three, it's... Um, uh, I forgot the third thing I said, but the point is, there's no, there's no point. Right. Uh, I think in look, the in, we played five games with Oki, and then we played one eight games of group stage. So we played eight games competitively so far in the tournament, and eight games we only op opened all chat once, and it was because someone took flash on Gwen, and Alorum was like crying in disbelief. I think in eight games we've opened all chat once just for that one reason, right? <laughs> so, uh, and it was just funny. So I'd say that's right. about it. Yeah, uh, we're not really. Uh, if we get to a point where we start, we like consistently drop games or something to a certain team, and there's like a, a rivalry or rivalry, something. Rivalry, right? I, I see. I see a world. So, in promotion, if it. you play Rosethorn, that's when you might open up all chat and like like let them, you know, give give it a little uh, banter or something. It's hard because like he's Tim's still my friend, so like <laughs> like I've always I've always been someone who like I respect the game. Like right, right. If there's a, if there's like a an interview before a match. Or someone's asking me, so you're playing against Rosethorn next Monday, how are you going to do? Then I would, like, I'll shoot the shit, like, oh, yeah, he's bad, I'll invade him, something, something, right? But when it comes to, like, the match, like, to me, that's, like, a that's like a sacred place, you know? Yeah. Um, um, it's just how I see it. Uh, out, out of the match, before the game, after the game, I'm always down to 
you know, make some jokes or throw some banter, make it spicy. But in the game, I'm like, you know, it's better player will win, and you get the idea. There's there's the occasional like slash XD when like three people flash on you and you live. That's like a that's but that's not really much, you know. No, I I totally get that. That's make a lot of sense. It's always just funny. I love hearing about the players and their banter and stuff. So you you know we see some of it, of course, but you don't see all of it. So. Yeah, the, you let the Chad jungle play speak to them for themselves on the rift. I think maybe it's fair to say. Well, um, that's great. Well, Chad, I, I before I let you go, anything that you just uh, want to shout out? Any anyone you want to shout out or anything else you want to say before we we conclude? Um, like yeah, maybe. I think um, funny enough, I don't know <laughs> what audience uh, views this, but I will be starting streaming soon. Uh. Two, I'll do a little story with that. You like my stories? I'll do another story with my shout-out yeah. story. Um, two years before I went pro, I was a streamer. Uh, I used streamer loosely because uh, I I think um, at my peak, I was averaging like 105 viewers, right? So this is before I went pro. This is before I was 100x. This is when I was like a GM player. I, I don't even consider myself a challenger player, right? So I was a GM player, and I was averaging 105 viewers. Um, and, um, and I remember thinking, like, I'm playing so much worse on stream. Um... I have um, and I want to go pro, so I made a decision. Do I a just don't care about going pro and just pursue streaming, or b do I drop streaming and pursue pro? And then I the next and then I turned off my stream and then I didn't stream for nine months and those not and then and then three months after I stopped streaming, I got 100x right. I got I got high challenger. I got 100x. So I made the decision. Um, Pro or streaming, I chose pro because uh, if you're streaming, you, you play worse, you have less focus, you can't focus on your best gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and now after two years of playing pro, uh, I kind of want to give streaming another go. I think it was fun to do. Uh, it's always nice to have your keep doors open. So very soon, probably the next week, I'm going to start like uh, full-time streaming again after scrims, uh, maybe make some YouTube videos. So keep your eye. Shout out to myself. Keep your eye on my yeah. YouTube, Chad Jungle. Keep your eye on Twitch, Chad Jungle. I'll probably start streaming some more. I think it'll be really fun to do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, um, shout outs, shout out Brady, Bomba, um, shout out my teammates. Um, and yeah, thanks. Uh, we're going to make sure to keep winning. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Check out the stream. Like he said, uh, I'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Maybe I'll, I'll probably throw that in the description of this video and you can go watch Chad Jungle's stream and YouTube videos when that happens. Well, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know you've got a match in about an hour, so I'll wish you the best of luck in that. And also moving forward, I know I'll be rooting for you and hoping to see you have a great season. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much to Chad. Always nice to talk to a player that, has had so much different experience. He's literally played all three levels. LCS, one game, Challengers, and <laughs> uh, NACL qualifiers now. And uh, has looked pretty good in all three. <laughs> Not the LCS one game, but yeah. No, uh, I mean, yeah. No, he, he's he, more than me. That's You know what? That's a great point. Definitely more than both of us combined. Uh, no, it, it, it is really great getting to hear from Chad. I, I like how, despite everything that's happened, Still as confident as ever, you know, true to his name, true Giga Chad energy coming off of him. He's like, yeah, you know, like, we may have just lost to potentially the worst team in the group stage, but we're still the best. Like, no big deal. <laughs> no, in all yeah, seriousness, that's, though, that's kind of great Those insight. are the vibes I got from them in the loss. It's like, yeah, we don't really care that we lost that game. Because, like, the next, literally, like, game three, Chad, like, locked in Kha'Zix and got, like, 20 kills. Yeah. So, like, we, we know that they're going to be He's like, oh, we got cheesed a little bit, like, a little bit of an ego check. Ow, oh, good. You know, it's... 
Yeah. No, it, it it was really great though. Getting, I mean, like he provided a lot of good insight both on on the uh like the system and his career as a whole. So I really I really appreciate getting to talk to him. And if you're a player, you know, maybe uh let us know if you want to have a chat, whether in your in the NACL or the qualifiers. We'd love to talk to you. Um, obviously, it was really great to talk to Chad in particular because he's someone that's been on both sides of it this year. But yeah, grapes. Any anything else to to wrap us up? Any uh, well, we got. We got we got games this weekend. <laughs> got game this weekend. Said that like three times already. Uh, make sure to watch Hawk on CBLO English. You guys got like twelve thousand followers. viewers at one point. We had fifteen thousand viewers for like two hours, and then they all went away, and we don't know what happened. <laughs> but we did have it for like two hours, and it was great. Um, and we're hoping to keep growing. Um, it's been a yeah. lot of fun. So, um, if you want to watch another league that's not NACL, you can have mul- you have multiple monitors up at the same time. It's always a good thing as well, but. Uh, yeah, keep uh, supporting us if you enjoy the content. Let us know what else you want to see, and I think that's that's about it to wrap up episode 20. Yeah, it's been a good one. I know it's like it feels like so little has happened, and yet this is definitely at the part of the split where things are starting to heat up. We're moving towards our midpoint. We're going to start getting towards elimination matches in the qualifiers as well. Like Things are going to start happening soon, so this was sort of the calm before the storm. Talking to a player, getting the lay of the land, talking about some of the teams, but it's definitely all going to start going down make sure to follow us on all of our social media if you want to keep track of all the action follow both me and grapes at hawkcast at speedy grapes on twitter as well we tweet a lot about the leagues that we're invested in um and hey if you thought that uh mirage alliance is bad because they lost to cb gaming you can take what we said with a grain of salt but that's gonna do it for us i've been hawk that's been grapes have a great night everyone <laughs> <laughs>